0: And welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week we're heading underground once again to investigate some subterranean spirits. This week, we're exploring some of the chilling tales from the beings that are said to haunt the dark places beneath our very feet. From underground military complexes to a whole underground street, these places have a long history of unexplainable events. Are these simply figments of our imagination, or is there something more sinister lurking in the shadows? Let's kick things off by travelling to Cheshire in the UK. It's also known as the Secret Bunker, but with signs directing people to this attraction, it's just no secret. Made me laugh the first time I saw the signs, I can tell you. Hack Green's Secret Nuclear Bunker is not only a mouthful, but is also a former government owned nuclear bunker in Cheshire, England. It was built in the early 1950s during the height of the Cold War when the threat of a nuclear attack from the Soviet Union was at its peak. I remember being a kid and watching the most horrific things on the television telling us and informing families what to do in the event of a nuclear war. And what made sticks in my mind is, if you can't get to a shelter, then use one of your doors, take it off the hinges and lean it against the wall. And when I think about that now, I think, well, that's going to help you a lot, isn't it, when the bomb goes off? Um, but it was, it was a really frightening time uh, when I was little. And my husband, Carl, he's five years older than me. He remembers uh, actually getting underneath the desk and having rehearsals as if a bomb had gone off and uh, they had to hide underneath their desks. Terrifying for kids. It really, really was. Um, anyway, going back to Hat Green Bunker, it began as a decoy site during World War II to trick any German Luftwaffe bombers looking for the vital railway junction in Crewe. In 1941, it was designed to be a secure command centre for the Royal Air Force, providing air traffic control to military Military aircraft crossing the nearby airspace. During the early years of the Cold War, the site was modernized as part of the ROTAR project, that's R O T O R, a vast and elaborate air defense system that was designed to counter any threat posed by Soviet bombers. It was during this building that the construction of a semi-sunk bunker also took place. Then in 1958, the site became part of the air traffic control system. And it was during this time that it became an RAF centre. In 1966, the site closed when RAF Lindholm in South Yorkshire replaced it. And for 10 years, it lay dormant until 1976. During the height of the Cold War, the place was purchased by the Home Office and used as a regional government headquarters. It was in a network of 16 similar sites around the UK, which were created to ensure that the government would continue in the event of a nuclear attack. The Cold War ended in 1992 and Hat Green was sold to a private buyer. It opened to the public in 1998 as a museum and people can explore the facility and learn the history of the Cold War as well as the role Uh, that the RAF played in the event of a nuclear attack. And it features exhibits on the history of communications and surveillance technology. And both staff and visitors have regularly encountered strange goings on. Now, people have witnessed the full apparition of a man dressed in uniform down the main corridor. And two other apparitions have also been seen in this area one of them being a lady, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. Staff members have reported feeling menacing energy in the area. And our producer Molly has felt this too and refuses to go back. She hates it every time I mention it. She goes, I hate that place. And there are reports of several people fainting as a result of this feeling. Watson stop doing that. Sorry, my dog's just licking his paws and making a sort of quite horrible noise. And um, Anyway, in the telecommunications area, also known as Room 9, people have witnessed the apparition of an attractive young woman who seems to be continuing her work at her desk. So perhaps she's unaware that there is no longer a nuclear threat or... She still believes that the nuclear threat is present um, or it's a memory haunting. You know, the one that we talk about, stone tape theory. The old phones that are still in this area continue to ring on their own. But much like the Churchill war rooms, these phones are disconnected completely. The most active area of the bunker is said to be the theatre where moans and bangs are heard and people have been touched and pushed by unseen hands. A sudden sickness hits some people too and one person was so highly affected that an ambulance was called. Now, it's funny, really, because I've never witnessed anything in the theatre, although I believe some people have, like, hearing footsteps and tapping noises, but I wouldn't say it was the most active area. Myself, personally... I absolutely adore this extraordinary place and the more I go to investigate it with most haunted experience, the more active the place seems to get. The whole building, the whole bunker, let's call it, is incredibly atmospheric. And when you step inside, you really feel like you've stepped back in time. It also has a really creepy vibe. It's as though you can imagine what the conversations and actions would have been if a nuclear bomb had gone off. What would the people that were left inside that bunker done? Would they have carried on their jobs carefully and diligently? Or would they have slowly ended up going insane as they began to live in a strange, futuristic, morbid place that was completely shut off from the rest of the dying world? It's an odd feeling, you know, as you walk around the corridors and rooms that are filled with the original desks, chairs, phones, filing cabinets, beds and maps. There are even, like I say, And bunk beds that are still there and radars that are connected to all sorts of machines that beep and whir. The phones are there, but they're not connected to anything. And recently on an investigation, I was with a small group of people and we were in one of the communication rooms when all of a sudden we all stopped whispering as we heard thudding coming from the walls. Now these walls are really, really thick. And so it was bizarre to hear this strange thudding where was it coming from? I walked over to the doorway where I, where I thought the sound was coming from and as I stood in the doorway which led through into another small room, I distinctly heard a deep slow breath. Well, I whipped around and asked the guests if they had heard it too. No one had and of course they all came to where I was standing because I went, come here, come here, come here. I called out, is there anybody there? Whoever made that noise, please, can you do it again? And lo and behold, it did. Well, this time everyone heard it. Well, I was so excited. I was jogging up and down on the spot and it wasn't just a breath. It was the sound of someone trying to breathe. I then saw in my mind's eye a black rubber gas mask. I then asked if the spirit that was with us was wearing one. And I said, If it is, can you give me two clear knocks for yes and one for no? And two loud thuds came through on the wall. Everybody heard it. And then the noise came regularly. It became louder and louder in and out, this breathing. It was an eerie awful sound to hear, but I was elated as the guests uh, that I had with me had heard it all too, and they were equally impressed and incredibly excited. Now, do you remember I mentioned that there was a woman that had been seen as well in in, in the in one part of the area, there was a ghost of a gentleman, an apparition of a gentleman in a corridor. Now, just off one of these corridors um, is a, a big set of concrete stairs. There was a thoroughfare um for most of the people that worked there. Now, the ghost of a woman in a uniform has often been seen walking from the top of the staircase all the way down. Now, it's reported that this woman, she was serving in the RAF during World War II, um she apparently had taken her own life by throwing herself off the top of the staircase. On previous investigations, me and my team have heard footsteps going up and down these same stone staircase. This- On previous investigations, myself and the team have heard footsteps going up and down the stone staircase. And I always get the feeling that they belong to the ghost of the sad lady who took her own life. And recently on A Most Haunted, our cameraman Greg managed to record the sound of a woman screaming. um, And we managed to capture that sound on the uh, top camera microphone. So there's microphones on top of these handheld cameras and we caught it on that. Um, which was fantastic. So, was this the last cries of the falling woman, as I like to call her? I definitely, definitely think so. Um, also, we talked about the telephones and how that they they weren't plugged into anything. And just as it happened in the uh, Churchill War Rooms, we did capture a telephone ringing as well, which was just extraordinary and also hearing the static coming through some of the speakers um and again they're not plugged in they're not connected to any electricity so that was really eerie it's incredibly eerie you're there and it's a big place and you're walking down a corridor and all of a sudden you hear this static coming through and the blood rushes (laughs) rushes from your head and you're frozen to the spot and you're thinking, where the hell is that noise coming from? And that happened to us and it was incredible. On my next return to the bunker, in fact, I'm going this weekend, I'd like to try and talk to the spirit of the lady and see if she needs help. Whenever we tried in the past, she hasn't been very forthcoming, but maybe this weekend, eh? I believe that some of these ghosts that are witnessed at Hat Green Bunker still believe that the Cold War is happening. Now, this is similar in other war museums and locations. If you may remember, I've talked about RAF Reina many times. And when we asked what year it was at RAF Reina, the spirits told us it was, I can't remember the exact year, but I think they said on a Ouija board it was 1942. And they still thought that the German war was raging on. And when we told them that it wasn't, that we'd won, they were disagreeing with us. And when we told them what year we were in, they were disagreeing with us. And no, no, it's 1942, which is extraordinary to me. So why do some ghosts believe that they're still in their time? I believe that this happens because the spirit was as its most happiest, perhaps the most significant time in their life. They're happy to stay there in that memory. If you had the chance, here's a question for you. If you had the chance to stay in your most happiest time of your life, what would that be? Let me know. I'd love to know. Well, mine would be, no, that would just be telling. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, It's a, it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. This week's listener story comes from the
1: COVID lockdown from Karen in Essex on WhatsApp. Hi all, hope you're well. This story is from 2020 during the COVID lockdown. I found as it was so quiet on the roads and the sky that it was clear that paranormal activity really had ramped up. So here goes. My daughter called me early about 5.30am to say that my granddaughter was ill and she had run out of paracetamol solution, not naming any names. So I grabbed my supply and I jumped into my car. It was just getting light but the skies were still that nice purpley blue. As I drove out of my close, to the left. On the pavement, I spotted a young girl around six or seven, just standing there. She was dressed in a long white nighty type dress, long, beautiful, curly hair, and she waved at me. I stopped the car, thinking, why is she out at this time of the morning? When I turned round, she was gone. I looked round and I couldn't find her anywhere, so I drove on. As a psychic medium, I realised she was a spirit, probably from Victorian times, but it did put me on edge. I started to drive to my daughter's, which is no more than about a five-minute drive. As I turned into a car-lined road, cars both sides as per usual, I slowed down because I had to manoeuvre through gaps. When out from between two cars appears two legs, Yes, just the legs. I slammed on my brakes because it shocked me. I watched the two legs cross the road and turn as if it was looking at me to say thank you. That's it, I thought. I must be tired of seeing things. When I finally arrived at my daughter's flat, I rang the doorbell and she came to the door. I must have been white as a ghost standing six foot away from her, I explained what had happened. She looked at me and said, "'That's strange, "'cause the little boy ghost was in the kitchen last night, "'banging drawers. "'So my granddaughter had to go in and tell him to be quiet. "'I love being able to see these things, "'but I f- wish that they would not walk out in front of my car. "'Maybe that's why I only saw the legs. "'He or she must have been killed in an accident, on that road, you would think that spirits would learn from their previous mistakes. Thank you for listening to this. This is Karen from Essex. Well, hi, Karen, and thank you very much for sharing those extraordinary
0: experiences. I mean, the legs between the car. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. I think possibly a child might have been uh, knocked over and killed in that particular uh, area or space. Could it have been um, a memory? You're only seeing part of that memory because you are a a medium. Absolutely fascinating to me. And I don't doubt that you didn't see it at all. Um, And it's interesting, you talk about uh, paranormal activity being heightened during lockdown. And it's very strange because I totally and utterly agree with you. Not just... Uh, ghost sightings, uh, poltergeist activity, but also UFOs. Um, the amount of sightings that were being reported all over social media, all over the world, it was incredible. And you often think, I did. I wonder why this is happening. Why is this happening now? And I think because possibly our senses are heightened, our everyday routines had gone out the window, and we were sort of left, really, weren't we, to do. Mundane things, some of them nice, you know, like gardening, DIY, or whatever. But we weren't, we weren't stressing about. Oh gosh, you know, I'm going to get caught in the rush hour, um, and then I have to go to my office. Some people don't like their jobs; I have to sit on my desk all the. Uh, uh, uh. You know, all of that had gone, and this was new, and it was also frightening. So I think our senses were heightened, and I believe that when that happens, and we, our brains aren't as active, we're not worrying, stressing about so much. I think that it's more possible for spirits to communicate and the veil is thinned as it were. Does that make sense? Um, And when you talk about a child's spirit, I think that's, it's very important. I've often, I think I've mentioned this before, I've often come into communication with um, spirits of children and I've been around people that will talk to them in a very gruff tone as if they're talking to another adult. And I always say to them, you've got to remember that that they're either memories or they're still spirit, you know they're children they're, they're still there they're still the same as they were when they were alive you know, talk to them as if you were talking to one of your own children and another thing that's always good if you do have a child ghost in your house um, leave them presents we do I think I've told you the story we left a um a ball wrapped up uh, under the Christmas tree and a doll and um, and we came down and to cut a long story short the ball and the doll were missing from the wrappings but the wrappings hadn't been touched it was extraordinary the ball was still in the same shape the wrapping was still in the same shape and yet the ball had disappeared it 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 was amazing and we still never found that ball and that doll and um, but also you know if you do have child uh, children in your house that are ghosts uh, spirits sometimes they might like to have a little bit of a play move the furniture around that's just them being kids so sometimes you have to be a bit strict and say now come on Like I do with our two spirits, we have Elizabeth and Benjamin, as you know. And um, recently I told you the story about how Elizabeth had scared me to death by um, standing outside the doorway, creaking the floorboards back and forth. And I scared her by standing there with a sword. Uh, (laughs) And it was my dad that said, you scared Elizabeth, you need to apologize. And there I was standing in the middle of a room saying, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to scare you, sweetheart. So they're there. They can hear you. They can see you talk to them as if you were talking to one of your children. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for that voice message. And if you do have any more encounters, please let me know. Absolutely fascinating. Now, continuing underground, let's head to a different paranormal site completely in the old town of Edinburgh, Scotland. Mary King's Close is a historic alleyway and is named after Mary King, a prominent businesswoman and property owner in the 17th century who actually lived on the close. Now, it's a series of interconnected alleyways and buildings that date all the way back to the 16th century and was originally full of shops, homes and businesses. During the 17th century, the close was a hotspot for disease outbreaks, in particular the Black Death, bubonic plague. And during one outbreak, it was said that the close was sealed off completely with many people being left to die as a result. In the years following this, the close fell into disrepair and was largely forgotten. And during the construction of the Royal exchange building it was rediscovered now you have to remember that this was all now underground so there's not you can't see the sky you can't see anything you go through a door and you're literally it feels like you are completely Underground And nowadays, Mary King's Close is a popular tourist attraction uh, with visitors able to take guided tours of the alleyway, uh, different uh, corridors and rooms. And tours offer a glimpse of life in Edinburgh during the 16th and 17th century. And with so many locked into the close, can you imagine? It's no wonder that it's said to be haunted by the ghosts of the people who lived and died there. Visitors have reported feeling cold spots, hearing strange noises, and even seeing ghostly figures like Green, some have reported feeling a sense of unease or being touched by unseen hands. One of the most famous ghosts is of a little girl named Annie. According to legends, she died of the plague and a well-known Japanese medium visited the close when it was first reopened to the public and she felt a tug on her coat as she left one of the rooms. And it's said that after she looked back, she saw a small girl crying in the corner. The little girl, told the medium that she died in 1645 of the sickness of the plague and that she had lost her doll. The medium was very moved and left her a doll, which became a tradition for others. So visitors often leave dolls and gifts, teddies in the corner of the room where the girl is seen, uh, mostly to keep her company, I would imagine. Uh, And she's said to appear to visitors, often with her hands outstretched, as if asking people to play with her. Now, I've been to this place a couple of, well, a few times, and it really is a fabulous location, and it's definitely haunted. And if you are a paranormal investigator, uh, or you're just interested um, in paranormal activity and uh, and the like, then this is a place that you've definitely got to go and visit and even if you're not into paranormal activity then what are you listening to this for but if you're not into paranormal activity and just love history you have to go it's just one of those places to tick off it has long dark corridors as i mentioned and it also has lots of sort of hidden rooms um, off these corridors and i was so excited uh, about spending the night there when i first went and the people that worked at the location they had all got ghostly stories um, that they told me, and so it, it, it was with absolute excitement that I sent my uh, the most haunted team off down below the streets of Edinburgh and I remember walking along the corridors, some of the floors had been relayed with with wooden planks, wooden flooring, and it was on this wood that we heard continuous knocking and tapping, a sign that there was plenty of activity held within these walls. But I think out of all the places inside the close, Chesney's house had to be the creepiest. Now imagine uh, part of Mary King's Close is is sort of like a a road, a close. So so a road, and there's some steps, sort of big stone steps, off to one side, and there's a wall facing the steps on the other. And when you sort of go up a couple of steps, um, there are some doors, and one of the doors. Uh, leads into when you open it what's called Chesney's house so you go through this front door off the actual street and inside it's the interior of an old house like an old terrace and everyone that stepped inside felt so claustrophobic and anxious and really frightened it's derelict dirty and it had a horrible feel to it uh I decided, well, I'm not going in on my own. So I brought the rest of the team inside Chesney's house and we did a seance. And as we called out, um, I think Carl was stood outside on the actual close. We did manage to capture a really lovely ball of bright white light moving slowly past Carl's legs, uh, which was a real fascinating capture. Now, in Annie's room, where all the little teddies and dolls um, are, It was incredible because our sound man, um, they were just talking, doing a vigil with a couple of other people, had a teddy hit him in the face. Um, And at the same time, the other members of the team heard a deep intake of breath. It was a brilliant uh, catch, even though we didn't actually catch the, the teddy, but his reaction was fantastic. And this sound guy was very how should we say, just very quiet, very quiet chap, not quite sure, a little bit of a skeptic. Um, but when that happened to him, you could see the real shock on his face. It was brilliant. Um, and as I say, it was frustrating because we didn't actually catch the teddy flying through the air on camera. Now, the next time I visited Mary's King's Close was for ITV's Ghost Hunting with dot, 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 dot. And this time it was with Boyzone. Um, And this was a little different as this was all about the celebrity guests experiencing paranormal activity. So it wasn't a, a true investigation as it were. You know, we weren't setting, we weren't doing the baseline tests. We didn't set up cameras in different areas. It was all on the celebrities and hopefully watching their expressions when paranormal activity did occur. I think the most famous one with ghost hunting with was um Cheryl Cole from Girls Aloud. I <laughs> think she said, if yeah, she was losing the temper, if yeah, tap the beep in table and the table did bang well. And then I think her arm got grabbed and well, that was it. She was just in absolute bits. She was in tears and became a real believer from that moment on. So that's what ghost hunting with was about. So this time it was with Boyzone and we took them to various places around Edinburgh and one of them was Mary King's Close. And I seem to remember uh, that poltergeist activity was caught on camera in this particular episode inside Chesney's house and the boys weren't too happy about it at all. We then went on from there um, to Nidri Street Vaults, and the poltergeist activity did uh, <laughs> did uh, heighten somewhat to the point where I think Louis Walsh and the boys were absolutely petrified and louis walsh called it and said enough i think one of the boys was actually crying i can't remember which one um and it it was it was quite incredible because they'd all started out going yeah we don't believe in any of this and by the end of it they were all a bit well they were very jumpy to say the least um But I'd love to go back uh, to Mary King's Close and hopefully come face to face with the spirit that resides in Chesney's house, who it's believed is, yes, you've guessed it, a Mr. Andrew Chesney, who in fact was the last resident of the close and was ordered to leave his lodgings. Now, as you can imagine, this was not pleasing to Mr. Chesney. And so his spirit is said to still roam that little house and his ghost is known to throw various objects at unwelcome living visitors. Have you experienced one of these subterranean spaces and experienced something? Or have you had an experience in a place we haven't yet spoken about? Please get in touch with us and share your stories. I love hearing your voices. By the way, it really is lovely. It's like I'm on the phone with you. Uh, you can contact us at this address as well. It's at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk. We are on WhatsApp, and the number is oh seven five nine 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 two seven five three seven. Please love hearing your voice don't be shy and we are on Instagram Uh, the handle is at paranormal activity pod you can stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week but if you can't wait until then visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk and that's me saying it without a drink now you can find uh, on that website address options to get episodes a day early you lucky thing have a great week Uh, stay safe Keep your eyes peeled because things aren't always as they seem. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.